This is Sound and Vision from KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. Toronto-based, Colombian-born Lido Pimienta mixes cumbia, reggaeton, Latin folk with orchestral production and electronic beats on her latest album. The album is called Miss Colombia. Lidio Pimienta joins me now to talk about the record. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. So this record was named after that moment in the Miss Universe contest in 2015, where the final contestants were Miss Columbia and Miss Philippines, and host Steve Harvey accidentally said Miss Columbia won. Miss Universe 2015 is... Only to realize that he said the wrong name and that, in fact, Miss Philippines was Miss Universe. Okay, folks. Uh, I have to apologize. The first runner-up is Columbia. Miss Universe 2015 is Philippines. So what struck you about that moment so much so that this became the title of your album? Well, basically, it's very important to note that in Colombia, soccer or what we call football and pageant shows are the national sports, you know. So even though I was never girly girly and I wasn't really into it, when I moved to Canada, watching the the Miss Universe and all of those contests or beauty beauty contests, it was it's a weird way to me to feel like I'm home. And then when the whole Steve Harvey thing happened, I was reading through you know the comments of what what Colombians thought about you know the mistake and the whole scandal, and I thought that we were all going to laugh, you know, but instead the vitriol geared towards him, it was, it was, it was sickening. Like it was, it was bad. It was, it made me really sad. And it was kind of the moment that my blindfolds came off because at that point I was romanticizing Colombia way too much, you know, like it's so much better. My country's so much better. People are so much nicer there. And we really have a heart, not like in Canada that people are so cold. And then the Miss Universe thing happens and then people are calling Steve Harvey, all kinds of horrible names, as well as Miss Philippines, calling her ugly because she doesn't have, you know, like Western-like features like Miss Columbia. So that was a moment that I was like, you know, this is proof that we as Colombians and all of the diaspora can actually be united for something. It was just so shocking and so sad that this one thing that we were finally uniting about was such a stupid reason. Like, it was just so dumb you know, a dumb crown for someone that her image and her fame was going to be catapulted even more so because of Steve Harvey's mistake, you know, so it, it really helped her career. And that's what, what happened, you know, I couldn't get over how violent and how horrible people were towards Miss Philippines and Steve Harvey for being Asian, for being black. So that's where it came from. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting. And and you kind of I know you've talked in previous interviews that you've kind of felt, you know, growing up in Colombia that you felt excluded, you know, from this, you know, beauty culture, this pageant culture. And I know that, you know, some of your, you know, heritage and background, you know, you have African roots, you have indigenous roots. And I hear some of this come up in the song um, Pelo Cuckoo, which translates to nappy hair. No, get it. Tell me a little bit more about this song. You know, I went to a school. You might laugh about this if you don't know it already. I went to a school in Barranquilla, Colombia, called the Lyndon B. Johnson School. All right? Okay? Yeah. So at this school, people like me, that looked like me, that had my background, were not the most popular kids or even had a big representation at such school. So because of I how remember, you looked, basically, right? Yeah, because, I mean, it's a private school, bilingual school, which means that you have to pay a lot of money to go to those schools. My mom worked really hard to be able to afford me and my sister to go there so that we could have a higher education. But, you know, I didn't really share anything with her, but I was being bullied um, all through school, you know, I had good moments whenever I was able to perform or showcase my arts. But, you know, I remember sitting this one day, I'm never going to forget it. I was sitting, reading the in the biography of Vincent Van Gogh. And I was looking down at my book and then I hear like scissors clipping. And then I see my hair falling in the pages of my book. And I look up and there's two boys and they were like, oh, sorry, we're just going to take your hair and we're going to put it in a in a microscope just to study it because we don't understand why it's like that. Oh, no. And that happened. I was, I don't know, I must have been 12. So just stuff like that. And uh, I I remember not being invited to, you know, you know, like the girls would have an old only girls parties. I was never invited to those and. So, you know, my mother would come and she would be wearing like her fabulous, you know, indigenous garments and stuff and kids would make fun of me or the food that I would bring to the school. You know, like I wasn't buying the whatever McDonald's versions of whatever they were selling at school. I had like my soup and my arroz con coco, arroz con pollo, my plantains. And kids would just be like, oh, your food, like, you know, so it was it was living in this reality where I'm going to a school in my own city, in my own country, feeling like I'm foreign and then going to the desert and being with my family, you know, but also feeling like I'm foreign there because, you know, they speak a different language. They speak a different, a different language from Spanish and I'm trying to learn it. I'm trying to fit in, but I don't really fit in because I'm an arty kid. And, you know, it does something to you. It does something to you when you grow up. It does something to you when you, um, I mean, and if you're going to be a musician, it came out, you know, I wrote the song from the perspective of that little girl that when, when she did her first communion, because you got to have your first communion, got my hair straightened for the first time and the pain and the straightening and the cream and the smell. And, you know, when we did it in Colombia, we did it with black women in the community of Palenque 
who are of African, 100% African descent. So I told them what the song was about and I just said, let's just freestyle. And they started singing because they share the same experience, you know. And we were both singing to the little girls inside of us, you know, telling our, the little girls inside of us that, you know, it's okay. It's okay and you're beautiful and your hair is beautiful and uh, years go by and you see people emulating our hairdos and our braids and, you know, our texture and all that stuff. So it's very interesting how... You know, and those boys that cut my hair, they're like all o- all over my Instagram <laughs> and all over <laughs> my social media now. being like, oh, my God, we're so proud of you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they didn't know what they were doing. You know, this album goes on a little longer and and then there's there's this moment where you're really I feel like you're taking us to Colombia and a lot of you know, I don't know if the whole album or most of these tracks were recorded in Colombia itself, but you know, there's this track Quiero que me salves and it starts off with a man speaking in Spanish. Mi nombre es Rafael Casiani Casiani, fundador, director y la primera voz del sexteto Tabalá de San Basilio de Palenque followed by what sounds like this live recording um, with the band, you know, almost like it just feels like you're taking me to the streets of Colombia. So first off, tell me what is said in just this spoken introduction track to Quiero Que Me Salves. So the song was written for this legendary group called El Sexeto Tabala. And they are based in San Basilio de Palenque, which is the first free town from slavery in all of the Americas. And um, they're a group that has influenced me since I was a teenager. And I knew, I knew, you know, one day I'm going to do a song with them. So I traveled to Palenque and I sat down with the group. We were together for a whole week, just, you know, playing music and eating and you know, reminiscing on when I was a teenager and I would go to Palenque and see them play live and, you know, and uh, it was a very beautiful experience. just this band and their influence on you as a musician basically Colombian or Afro-Colombian singing is rooted in oral tradition and call and response like call and response is, is really big and like that poetry and that call and response has impacted me very much so so I knew that the songs in Miss Colombia were going to be these anthems um, and there were going to be these love songs, but but complicated love, you know, unrequited love, you know. And most of Colombian folk is about heartbreak, definitely between the love between a man and a woman. But that's never going to be me. I'm never going to write a song for a man or whatever. <laughs> but I'm making songs for a nation. I'm making songs for a country. I'm making songs for a people. And what better way to do those songs or perform those songs or record those songs than in the same spirit of call and response and oral tradition 
I needed to have sex with Tawala because of that. And I needed to be in Colombia and I needed to revisit, you know, these old recordings of Borro and all this music with clarinet in Colombia. So it's beautiful, yeah. So tell me about the song um, No Pude. So on one hand, you know, you know, when you first kind of you look at the lyrics and translate them, you know, you would think it'd be a song about lost love. But if you look into it a little more, it could also be seen as like an anthem about your relationship with Colombia itself. No pude recibirte lo que puedo ahora. No pude Can you talk a little bit about this song, um, No Pude? Yeah, so No Pude, it's basically me being fed up and unable to move on, unable to keep going, unable to accept, unable to understand, unable to have a conversation with a country that I feel doesn't respect me, doesn't respect people like me, you know, and like... Since I've been born, I've never known peace. I've never known respect for culture. I've never known empowering of indigenous communities. I've, I don't know what it's like to see black people truly free in my country. So that's why No Pude has, yeah, No Pude is that angst, is, is really that anguish, is really my anger and, um, frustration it's just me giving up you know and I'm someone who doesn't give up I'm someone who who keeps going no matter what so yeah that's I feel like that's why Nopude is so dramatic you know it's very intense it's very intense and uh, yeah I, I still feel the same way about my country you know I can't I can't get over it you know that was Lido Pimienta talking about her latest record Miss Colombia Well, that was Sound and Vision. Please take two minutes of your time to rate and review this podcast. It lets other people know this podcast exists and deems it worthy in the podcast world. Also, KEXP is a publicly funded station. Please consider giving a one-time $20 donation at kexp.org sound. Thanks so much for listening.